Don't there switch your microphones mid-morning. Uh, hello, everybody. Jordan here. <laughs> so we'll start over. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome First to the Saturday day. Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan. Silent PH in the middle. Uh, Lucian over there in the corner. And a very special guest, Celeste Conowich. Uh, thank you, YouTube people, for letting me know that I could not be heard. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, and we're going to chat all things Celeste today because uh, she's a fantastic dungeon uh uh, dungeon mistress, dungeon master. Um, you've done uh, lots of writing for Wizards of the Coast, from what I've heard uh, and and read and seen. And then uh, we were just talking about uh, Arcadia because you wrote those fun spells for Matt Coville. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Bringing spells from three point five back into five e, or some even earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. I like, did it. I brought permanency. Yes, that, that is what I was going to bring up because I love that spell <laughs> and I'm sad that it's not in here. But also some of the, some of the, like permanency is, is awesome. It might be a little broken for 5e because I mean, the negative effects of spells, like it used to be like you cast haste and you would get older. So you wouldn't want yeah. that permanently on you, but I don't know. So. <laughs> I think I did. It was a lot of balancing. It was a lot of playtesting okay. uh, back and forth to get it to where it was. But I think I came up with a very functional version of permanency. So I'm pretty proud of that That's one. Fun. <laughs> How much playtesting does go into that, I guess, with like Matt and stuff? I don't know. Yeah. So MCDM, they are really great about playtesting. They have, you know, this awesome community on Patreon that is really engaged in playtesting. So they have a dedicated playtest team that things go through. And it was really awesome just working working with them every step of the process, you know, getting that feedback and then directly being able to incorporate it and talk to James and Tricasso, who's the editor yeah. uh, over there. So it was like, it was just a really great play testing experience, which is sort of unique um, yeah. these days. So No, and really uh, I think, uh, was it you or somebody else was tweeting like, we need a play test group with all of us like all of us writers mm -hmm. and stuff so that right? we can just yeah, be like fellow yeah. designers. Yeah, yeah, like hey, I, I this isn't done, but like I would love to play it and get some feedback from you people and then, you know, before it goes out to I guess official playtesters and I was like I want to do that. So <laughs> Yeah, I I do feel like sometimes, you know, it also, like, I designed so many things for Dungeons & Dragons that sometimes I would just like to be able to play some of the things yes. I designed instead of, like, having players. I mean, it's great, you know, when you have players at your table who run the subclasses you design, but sometimes I just want to do the cool things I yeah. made and get some feedback. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. And then get that feel, too, of, like, oh, yeah, like, when you do combine X spell with, you know, this sword, things happen. Yeah, how cool, really cool is this? yeah. 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 That's really awesome. Um, Celeste, you produce and DM and run, well, you do a lot of games on the internet. Uh, and that's, I think, how I met you because we were doing Mistress of Modules and I was on one of your things. And then we, uh, obviously we hung out at Gen Con and things like that. Uh, but the Venture Maidens is what you're most known for. Uh, yeah. So for, for people who might not know anything about the Venture Maidens, like 
like how long has it been going on and and what's the what what is what is happening in the world of the venture maidens <laughs> what is this yeah so venture maidens is an actual play D podcast that we also stream all of our episodes and then convert them into a podcast form we've been running for more than five years now it might be five and a half years at this point um and we were maybe the first i think we were probably the first like all femme cast podcast out there so you know we're we're a group of like friends who have been playing for like you know decades uh and we got together to make this podcast five years ago when we were like hey you know we love listening to people play DD, but we want voices like ours yeah. uh in this in this gaming sphere so here we are five years later um and we've got some really big things uh going on that i definitely wanted to talk about today uh, segway <laughs> segway like i did it <laughs> um no it's really cool i my i have a very uh someone at my table uh that well we haven't gamed at the table because of the the virus but uh she is a huge fan of the Venture Maidens. Um, and so like specifically, I think I was like, I'm gonna go see like Fran. I was like, I'm gonna go see Celeste at GenCon. And then I talked to you and you got me some pins. And she was just like, what? Like, so yeah, you have a really great fan base. I think a lot of the people and, and you guys have a fun show. Like I've caught uh, Twitch episodes here and there. Um, I think usually because Nerd Immersion was raiding you guys at the end of some shows. So I'd catch yeah. some stuff, but. Um, but no, you're very you're a very fun DM uh, having played with you and very descriptive and I love it. So oh, awesome. Has it been the same? It hasn't been the same characters and the same campaign, or has it been? Is it? Oh, it has. Okay, it has for five and a half years. We have been running uh, this first campaign uh, of Venture Maidens. Um, so we've taken the characters from level one. Now they're level seventeen. Okay, and we're actually coming up on our finale episodes. Are going to be the next two weeks is the finale of Venture Maidens. So that will be the end of campaign one, uh, and we're going to take a couple months off before starting campaign two. Okay. And so kind of to herald like the end of campaign one, we've gone ahead and announced that we are doing a world book. Uh, so Adventure Maiden's campaign guide to kind of like pinnacle peak, like this five and a half year long journey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been wishing and dreaming about making a book uh, about our experiences and here here we are now launching something <laughs> next week uh, on Kickstarter in line with the finale of campaign one. So a lot of things are happening yeah. in Venture right now. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to this on podcast later or uh, uh, YouTube, I will put the links down below, but it's not live yet. So I don't have links for you today. But uh, if you follow <laughs> us on social Monday. media, there <laughs> will be yeah. lots of stuff out there. Um, no, that is very exciting. What is the what is the world of the Venture Maidens? Yeah, so this is a, a completely homebrew world um, set in a land called the Plains, um, which is essentially it's it's a bunch of these different um, countries uh, all amalgamated together that are very close to the other planes of existence. In particular, the Feywild has a huge influence there. Mm -hmm. So the people who live in this world are constantly trying to maintain civilization while you know the influences of the fairy are kind of creeping in. Uh, and in our world, gods play a very active and kind of adversarial role. In particularly, the fates uh, are a big, 
hero villain resource uh, that our heroes are constantly fighting against or with uh, to control their own destinies. So the concept of destiny and fate is something that's really important in the world of Venture Maidens. And we've built a lot of mechanics and awesome stuff into this book to really um, emphasize that and, you know, kind of bring that to other games and campaigns. No, that sounds really cool. I'm a big fan of, well, we've been kind of creating little worlds here and there. And Mm -hmm. uh, during the month of December, I'm like, I've never made a campaign world. So I was really trying to do that. And you start start pulling in, I don't know, for me, it was like, you start pulling in a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden you're like, I got to trim this down. Yeah, I got to. But you get the ideas that you want. And so uh, fate is really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting because, you know, this book, we want it to be something that anyone can find valuable. Mm -hmm. So people who have never listened to an episode of Venture Maidens can still pick up this book and find great stuff and easy mechanics, uh, things to put in their games. So we're making sure to include a lot of player facing options as well as dungeon master facing options. So we have new subclasses going in there. We have new monsters. We have monster templates, which is something we're introducing. So anyone can pick any monster in the you know the monster manual and make it part of one of the like the warring fey courts uh that are popular in our world um so a lot of stuff that so even if you've never listened to venture maidens you Mm -hmm. can pick up this book and like get what's going on and find something cool so it's been hard to kind of distill you know five and a half years of exploring this homebrew setting into something that anyone could walk into and instantly understand what's going on and find very cool that's really, really awesome. Um, are you, well, I, I, I'm curious about these monster templates, actually, uh, yeah. as, a, as a DM. <laughs> um, am, I, am I taking a, uh, a dragon and then I can make it a fey dragon? Or like, how does, can you reveal yeah. how this works? So, I'm curious. Yeah, so in the world of Venture Maidens, and this is something, what's cool is a lot of the content we're putting in this book explores things that are com- gonna come up in campaign two as we explore more of this world. So one of the biggest elements of that is going to be exploring more about the Fae. And instead of the traditional kind of two courts that you see in the Fae, you know, the summer and winter court, mm-hmm. We're expanding that to like seven sovereign fey courts that all kind of preside over their own different things. So we have like the Blossom Court, which is very like plants. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the Sleeping Court, which is the mysterious like dream fey court. And so essentially we're going to have templates for each of these courts that um, and at different levels. So you could have, you know, like a little surf who belongs to the court all the way up to like the sovereign of it. And these are templates that, yeah, any creature, any creature at all, you can take and then put this template on top of them to literally make them a serf of the Blossom Court or the Blossoming Queen. Uh, It works with any creature template. So it's a really cool way to like jazz up existing templates. And I feel like we do not have enough Fae uh, that have been published from Wizards (laughs) of the Coast. So this is an awesome way to make anything like a dual type, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You could have your your monstrous Fae. I love doing it with trolls for some reason, you know, like trolls should be in the fairy courts and now they can be (laughs) with these templates. I think that was one of the books we always talked about is that having a fae and a shadow fell has not been explored enough when it's somewhere that everybody wants to go. They always add it in their campaigns because it adds intrigue and mystery Mm -hmm. for their players. And yet Wizards of the Coast has not really tapped into that. So by you putting a book out pretty quick on those kinds of things, like a fake court is super awesome because most of us don't have any of that stuff. And I love the idea of the courts 
vying against each other. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, always they all that want cool control of yeah. you know, fairy and most and you can set up aesthetics and visual um, costuming and set pieces that really propagate the different courts and you can go really deep into that i think it would be really fun oh, it sounds yeah. super exciting <laughs> <laughs> i i love one of the coolest things we're doing is i mean we're doing art of each of the fake courts because we're doing mm-hmm. a ton of original art for this book and it's all kind of like art nouveau inspired was the direction we're doing for this book mm-hmm. so it's all very like illustrative and like evocative stuff for each of the fake courts and we have like these little you know kind of stained glass symbols for them all and lots is going into the aesthetic and making you feel, you know, the differences mm-hmm. of these fake courts, which I think is one of the coolest parts of this book. Yeah, I think it's cool, too, because we had Matt Colville on a week before he did his Kickstarter for, for Strongholds. We're getting you on now before you're doing your Kickstarter, which is really cool. Um, it's just all these cool books that are coming out for 5e or Dungeons and Dragons. But I assume you're writing it in a way that it could be used anywhere. If somebody's playing Pathfinder or somebody's playing whatever, they could still take all this really good information because it's just cool ideas that don't necessarily have to take those stats. But you can get the ideas and you can get the the intrigue and the storyline that's going on and the new characters and monsters and tweak them. You could use it for anything. It doesn't have to just be for that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the fun of doing like a campaign setting guide because, mm-hmm. you know, these books are sort of, they're, they're half like, here are ideas, like use them if you want, you know, discard what you will. Uh, and then of course you do have the mechanics backing it up. But I mean, books like this, I mean, I grew up loving and running <laughs> 3.5, which has mm-hmm. some of the coolest lore and just like the classes and everything in there. Like you look at something, you're like, God, I could design a whole adventure around yeah. this. So I really, in my writing, I really want it to feel like that. Every single piece you look at could be a campaign. It could be, you know, a story. I want you to just instantly get those ideas when you look at an art piece or a stat block. Um, so I do hope and I think that this book will be valuable for any kind of tabletop experience or just even like writing um, and I also hope, you know, that like other actual play podcasters out there maybe pick up this book as well, because concealed in here is like, this is a five and a half year journey where five and a half years ago, I wasn't, I wasn't writing professionally. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I wasn't a professional streamer <laughs> and now here I am. It's my full-time living, uh, writing mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. So I feel like that's all dream come true. Here it is. Like, (laughs) here's here's what it looks like. You're almost walking the the journey of Celeste or the journey of the Venture Maidens itself, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. You should, not that I'm going to tell you what to do, but I was like, you should have a timeline of like, (laughs) Celeste picks up her first die, age seven. Uh And like, (laughs) yeah, it's a, well, we really wanted to include things in this book, like that are helpful for people telling these stories. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, actual you know break the the curtain like advice on how to build games that work how to be a player that you know has a great time and uplifts other people one of the coolest things i think we're doing in this book and introducing it's called the heroic destinies system and essentially this is a brand new mechanical system that i've designed where it allows you to pick like your character motivation and like build that into the story like a subplot or like an adjacent plot here and there are actual different tiers of your journey that you can level up in that give you mechanical benefits and then also encourage you to hit these personal milestones in the course of a campaign so like in the um 
the big example that we're going to publish on the Kickstarter, you know, like promo is uh, called The Connected, which is all about forming a bond with a creature type other than yourself. So, you know, if you end up being the king of the kobolds or, you know, you save a gelatinous cube once like from a fight and now you're bonded forever, you're besties. Uh, you know, it's like, what is that journey? How does that change you? So it's really about integrating these personal narratives and like character arcs inside of bigger campaign arcs, which I feel like is something that a lot of people want from their games, but maybe struggle to find language or a way to incorporate mechanics like that, so. Yeah, no, definitely because Part of the, I mean, the fun of, of Dungeons and Dragons is going on an adventure, but like at the end of the day, you're tied to your character because yeah. you're playing that character and you know the journey that character went through, uh, probably, you know, better than other people. And to have uh, a mechanic behind it, which I think a lot of, I, a lot of, not RPG players in general, but Dungeons and Dragons players, they like being like, oh, so if I can do this, then, you know. I, I get this bonus and then it incentivizes fun role play and like, exactly. yeah, um, rather, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yes, Jordan. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, that's super fun. I love it. I was curious. You have this, this, the seven fake courts um, is the campaign doesn't take place all in the, in the, in the fey or in fairy uh, is the prime material playing for lack of a better word. Uh, is that caught in the middle of all this? Like, are they fighting and they're just kind of like, Oh, if De you could just leave, that would be great, but. <laughs> Definitely, so like one of the, the biggest things, um, you know, because the the Eladrin are actually like the main kind of race in this world, so descended from the Fae. Um, and they're like, no, no, we're gonna carve out like civilization, we're gonna make like schools and cities and we have a very rigid political structure. Uh, and then outside there, that's where all that chaotic Fae stuff is. So in my world, there's actually an order of people known as Corellans who use bells to control and banish Fae. Um, so hostile Fae. So it's like kind of this secret order society that, you know, mm -hmm. you learn these very particular skills and they use musical instruments to drive back uh, the Fae. So there's like this very clear borderline and their city, uh, the city of Bells kind of overlooks this landscape, right? Like where just beyond is like, you know, the, the jungles that are mm -hmm. like, oh God, everywhere you step, you might be falling into the Fae wild um, everywhere you turn around. So it's very... Heroes have a big uh, role to play in this world because the threats are constant of falling into this, this chaos because you do have these seven fake courts that are warring with each other, warring to take over the world. Just And then mm. you have the civilization on the other side that is hyper like controlling and like, no, no, we need to establish and keep order. Um, so where do your heroes fit in? And then of course you have the gods already who are very like real presences in the world. Um, so they, you know, they choose their champions and they manipulate their champions uh, to get what they want. So it's like from all sides, uh, you know, these, these grand powers are trying to control the destiny of these individual characters. So every journey becomes really heroic when you're struggling to even like define your own destiny when mm -hmm. so many other people are trying to do it for you. That's fun. Uh, where do where do certain classes fit in? Like uh, uh, warlocks, for example, because we're talking about gods manipulating people, and you have like feigns and stuff. But uh, do you have? 
I mean, are there fiends and things like that? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, what's cool? We're gonna do a subclass for every class okay, um, wow. out there in the book. So um, our big one, our warlock that we're introducing, um, a lot of elements in Venture Maidens are inspired by Greek mythology. So like the fates, for example, are a huge player um, in this. And then as well in kind of the history of the gods before the gods, there were the Titans who were these creators who, you know, made the world um, and they made the gods. And then the gods, of course, turned around and killed them all. Uh, so driving the remaining few into, you know, hiding. Um, so our warlock subclass that we're introducing is uh, Pact of the Titan. Uh, so they ally cool. themselves with one of yes. these like hidden, like, you know, <laughs> God before primordials. Gods. Yeah, yeah, primordials who basically are like, hey, I need you to take down the gods so I can come back and like control mm -hmm. the world. So it's a very like personal and vital relationship. So they have a lot of um, powers inspired by like artifice. Uh, so because, you know, the the Titans are creators, they're mm -hmm. crafters. So the warlock patron, you can, you know, make like you have a, a shard of creation is like your first ability that you can shift into different objects or tools. Uh, and at later levels, you can transform the shard into like a version of yourself uh, that can, you know, run around the field and like sling spells for you or help you build things. It's like your personal assistant. Right? <laughs> uh, me. And then, of course, that, like, here. yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh, hold this. Hold this while, you know, I do this wrench. Um, thing. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I got so blurry. Uh, it's so, okay. The, so do you have your own pantheon like, then? Or do you, cool. are your clerics part of the Forgotten Realm pantheon of gods and that's how they're choosing who they're worshiping? Or did you have your own pantheon for Venture Maidens and then they pick one of those gods for their equivalent? Yeah, so I always thought it was really important that characters could come into the world and players could choose whatever gods they felt mm -hmm. was awesome. Because that's kind of like the real world, right? We have... Yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different gods depending on where you're from some might be more or less popular um so this this society you know that's like the the eladrin who really run this government and this central place where a lot of the adventures take place they've kind of been like okay well you know we're descended from the fae so in their mythology they're like there was the mother and the father these gods they were fae but they came out of the fae and made us and said hey civilization cool so they have this kind of bipartisan their own gods but mm -hmm. other people are allowed to worship their own gods in the confine of this world of course their gods are the best, um, but you are allowed to do that. Uh, so being a cleric of another god in the world is totally acceptable, but you might find yourself running into kind of the official, you know, religion right. that, that dominates this place. Unless, of course, you're living outside of the law and don't care about this, which, you know, a lot of adventurers do. <laughs> so, that's Very fun. cool. Um, what do your gods follow... Uh, like I'm the god of greed or I'm the god of this, or is it more race tied? Like you said, like we have the two Eladrin gods and we have, I don't know, like the kobold god and things like that. Yeah, I really like the idea that gods do take up like their specific domain or, mm -hmm. you know, domains, uh, if you will. So each of the gods does have something they kind of reside over. So, you know, when you think of those traditional archetypes, those are all definitely still there. Um, for the mother and the father, it is very kind of like, the father is more like winter war severe um and then you know the mother is more like nurturing you know seasonal summer uh harvest 
that sort of dichotomy. Um, so that's like that that big thing. But mm -hmm. the gods definitely do have their own things they're going through. Like right now, you know, our, our heroes, of course, are tied up with the fates. So they've traveled to their um, region of the cosmos a few times. And of course, it's all like threads and scissors nice. and like sewing implements and, you know, the tapestry of fate. Uh, so those visual motifs are, are very strong and the gods do like communicating through specific things uh, that they tie themselves to. Okay. How, how much of the party members themselves, because you've been running such a long campaign, make a showing in the book? Are we seeing like their stats and character sheets are in there so people can see them as non-player characters, can integrate them in the things they want to do if they want to play in your world and, and do some of those things? Um, or how much are we seeing some of from the show actually get into the book? Yeah, so we are definitely seeing it uh, woven yeah. throughout, if you will. <laughs> One of my favorite things we're doing in the book is that we're going to have sidebars from the characters mm -hmm. commenting on the oh, things in the book. Okay. So it's like, That's you good. know, Cara Brunhilda, our dwarven barbarian, making mm -hmm. a note on this stat block being like, hey, watch out for this. <laughs> like, I fought them. It was hell. Uh, you know, so we are having like that, that awesome, you know, our characters that are going to be written by our players, those mm -hmm sides you know all throughout the book so it's sort of like our guide to this world which i think is going to make it so personal and so special especially for fans who've been with us a long time i think they're going to have so much fun uh reading those like direct conversations mm -hmm. from the from the character and, and does the book span like your original timeline to where you are now and some stuff about maybe hints of the future is it that type of book because i remember when matt um mercer did his they kind of started how the world started, where they were, where the shows take place, and then here's some things where it could go on so that people could stay in that world but then pick maybe a different time to play in that world if they didn't want to play in the current timeline, but they would know where the current timeline is if they were big, huge fans of the show. Yeah, so we're definitely kind of going the same route of trying to keep it, like, neutral Mm -hmm. uh, as like, here is the world, you know, here's the sandbox as it was when we started our adventure, because of course our heroes throughout the journey have done world destroying things, right. <laughs> and really changed environments and ecologies and political schemas like in the world. So I wanted to give people that before, you know, the player mm -hmm. characters got in there so they could either choose to incorporate those elements if they do want to follow directly in the path, or they can choose to play in this world without the influence of any of our particular stories. Shenanigans, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that was kind of the best of both worlds because yeah. also I really want it so people don't have to have any knowledge uh, of mm -hmm. the events of our show to play in this world. So like, if, if you know, there's a side note that's like, oh yes, and then they flooded the entire desert in this region and then it's like... <laughs> what <laughs> like yeah the, the well that's what i was wondering like, like you have a world that's shifting and changing and you're building it up like what what do you do when you when you publish something like this and you're like okay this is a desert but in episode 380 they flooded it now it's a big lake do you make it a lake or do you keep it a desert like like are is their story having an impact on I mean, it is having an impact, but I think you know what I mean. Like, is it having like a, a physical impact on the world where they're like, We're oh, yeah. We're trying to limit. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's a fine line, mm -hmm. I think, to walk. So like doing this, um, you know, writing a book <laughs> based off of this experience, but like writing it for everyone has really presented some super unique 
challenges um, that it's been it's been really educational uh, and cool to work through them. Yeah, and it reminds me of like I mean, well, the Forgotten Realms is constantly changing, and mm -hmm. that's pe I mean, nerds are getting in all kinds of arguments about like, yep. well, back in you know fourteen ninety two, yeah, and like in the multiverse, yeah, and, and it's just like, it is. Fr I mean, running. My YouTube channel, I get a lot of this <laughs> where people yeah, are just like, mm, is this current? I'm like, well, I published it three years ago, so it might not be the anyway. But uh, the Eberron approach is very like, here is Eberron. You're always kind of playing two years after the war ended. And it's right. always it's not always, but it's like a fresh start. And you're the heroes of this of this game. And and I like that approach, I guess, because uh, you don't sit down at a table with. Uh, you know, if, if I'm playing a game and Lucian is a huge Venture Maidens fan and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to run this game. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you, you can't actually do you that because actually, yeah. Like, yeah, magic like, was actually yeah. magic like, was reversed. And you, whenever you cast mm. a fireball, it's now water. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, and yeah. you're like, oh God, why? <laughs> that was episode 42 yeah. is when that happened. So yeah. yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> well, uh, we're canceling the game and then I'll call <laughs> yeah. everybody except Lucian and start yeah, a new well, game. This no. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. That's terrible. But uh, no, that's cool. It's a it's an interesting line to to dance, I guess. I don't know. And so to what about the out. mechanics of uh, of a Kickstarter? I know in our audience, we have lots of creatives that have that same dream that that Celeste probably had five years ago of maybe I can just start a, you know, this cool game that I want to show people out in Twitch and, and YouTube streaming and then, oh, it'd be nice if I could write an adventure at some point and maybe I start doing that kind of stuff and now I'm able to actually do the Kickstarter part. What's gone into trying to get this whole campaign kicked off? Like, have you been working on this for months now? Has this been like a big two, two year thing? How much time have you been putting just to get to the point that you're going to do a kickoff next week? Yeah, so I mean, I was super duper lucky. So Venture Maidens is teaming up with 2C Gaming to produce this book. Uh, and 2C Gaming is an awesome RPG company. Uh, full disclosure, I do work for them now full time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, hashtag Doesn't mean sponsored. they're not a great company, so. <laughs> so, uh, and they have run uh, over a dozen successful Kickstarter campaigns. Um, their last project just closed like a month ago, um, Epic Legacy Tome of Titans, which funded at $100,000. Mm -hmm. So like 2Z Gaming knows what they're doing to run a Kickstarter. So I was so lucky. I was doing a bunch of freelance work for them before I came on full time. Uh, and my relationship with them was just so great. They were so accommodating and so wonderful. And they said, hey, Celeste, like, something we like to do at 2C Gaming is like once a year or so, we like to find creators who are really passionate about what they do and then help them make a project. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I've been thinking about doing a Venture Maidens campaign guide for five years. Like, yes, put me in there. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so we started, you know, talking about development and like what that might look like and putting together timelines. And um, it was so helpful to have their expertise from a producing standpoint about like what we need to do and honing in like how to make this book. Um, and then, you know, that process started probably about six months ago. Uh, was about the the loose conversations about it. Um, and then I was doing more and more freelance work for them. And I think they really enjoyed the way we worked together on planning for this Kickstarter. So they sent me a full-time job offer um, mm -hmm. after that. And I was like, oh man, this is great. And they're like, yeah. And then you can just, you know, write it from inside 2C Gaming. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> um, and so for the last like 
month and a half, two months, it's been really hardcore, like finding artists, scoping out the pieces, writing pieces of this book to like for proof of concept. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot goes into it. And um, I'm just so grateful. I have a whole team backing me up because we have, you know, our, our wonderful managing editor, Misty. Like, I do not know how I could stay on top of all of these <laughs> things without her being like, hey, I made some to-do lists for you. Like, hey, you have to go through this. Like, hey, do your edits. Uh, and of course, our, our wonderful artists we've been working with. So it's a lot. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be a lot of work, uh, pretty much like my full-time life uh, mm -hmm. until this book comes out, you know, yeah. like eight months after, after <laughs> it funds, hopefully. Um, yeah, you all are gonna help it fund, right? Oh, one hundred percent. I'm I'm yeah. sold. Like, I'm yeah. I'm super sold. When you started talking about like warring fake courts, I'm like, mm, right there. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. So, well, and not don't spoil anything yet because you always got to save the best um, for as the campaign's going on. But the one thing that I always thought makes a Kickstarter is when they start to have those cool stretch goals oh, yeah. and they start to announce some of those additional things. Do you got you don't have to spoil it, but do you got some really good stretch goals that you're you're ready to, or not ready, but you're going to be unveiling to the community to get them really psyched and really hyped up and to keep that, you know, keep those pledges coming in? We do. So our stretch goals, we really wanted to focus on making this book just even better. So all of our stretch goals are associated with expanding the writing. So we have mm -hmm. a team of amazing contract writers on this project. And basically, as we hit more stretch goals, they can do more writing for the book. And then also art expansions are a big thing. So it's really important that we fund during this Kickstarter mm -hmm. to make this book the most awesome it can be at a certain level, too. Okay, I promised some people that I would show the cover. Do yeah. you all mind if I Do if it. I show it behind? Yeah. Nobody has seen this yet. I'll describe it with my words for the podcast world premiere. Um, but nobody nobody has seen this yet. So here we go. Y'all are the here first ones looking at this cover art by Key Weatherton, who is this amazing uh, artist. Uh, you can find her at Key Chan on Twitter. <gasps> da, 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 <laughs> no, that is very awesome. Sneak oh, super peek fun. right oh, here. Oh, the thread. Oh, those are the fates then, I assume. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about having to scoot all the way. <laughs> oh, well. Now we're oh. just interviewing the book. We don't need Celeste anymore. We're just going to interview the book. I'll go on this side. So yeah. it's not the whole Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, but for the, the podcasters at home, uh, the cover depicts our three fates here who are probably human uh, in appearance. And they, of course, are holding the golden threads of fate between them, which they are cutting and weaving uh, and spinning. So um, one of our stretch goals, too, if we make it, is that we can print this with all of this thread as gold foil. Oh, oh. That is cool. That is That'll cool. be, so we yeah. Are sincerely hoping we hit that stretch goal because boy this would look cool uh, with that gold gold yeah. foil so yeah this is uh key chan k-i-i-c-h-a-n on twitter uh definitely go and support her she does a lot of really awesome critical role fan art and commissions we were so lucky to get her uh, for this project and we're just like hey we're a femme-owned podcast we need like badass ladies yeah. on the cover and she's like i'm here for you <laughs> that's like, awesome cool. how many artists do you have working on this project 
Yeah. So right now we have uh, we have three who are producing or four who are producing a, a ton of the, you know, the internal mm-hmm. art and stuff. So we have uh, Ambrose, who is an awesome member of 2C Gaming. He's their full time resident artist. Um, we have Adrian, who I'll go ahead and look up all these folks on Twitter. But Adrian <laughs> is an artist based out of uh, Mexico City. OK. Uh, who just does incredible stuff. And then we have uh, Joanna, who also does so much good work for the DMs Guild. Um yeah, so that's uh, Adrian Lugo. Um, so you can find him on Twitter at A I L U S T R A R Alistar. I just wanted to make sure I'm doing these folks proud. And then we have Joanna T uh, at Johanna Mation. Um, who are working on the project. So uh, if you check out the Kickstarter, which is going to be live, I mean, our our preview link is going to be up Monday or Tuesday. So okay. make sure when that happens that you go on there and you can get, you know, the email like, we're live right now, because we would love to sw- slam through these goals like in the first 24 <laughs> yeah. hours. That would just feel so good. Um, but you're going to see art from, uh, from these fine folks in our preview uh, document, which you will be able to download from the Kickstarter page. Um, and oh my God, like the gratification of seeing something from your brain that gets written on a page and then designed as art is the most fantastic feeling in the whole world. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. And to like, oh, you're like, I, I'm seeing it. It's there. Like that's, oh my I, God. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a weird dream. I always feel uh, authors, you know, you write a book and then uh, a movie gets made or something. And it's this 50-50 of like cringing, like that is not how it was supposed to be at all. Or like sobbing from like, oh my gosh, they captured this. And that's so cool to see so-and-so doing that. So very cool. Um, we, we like magic items. And I, yeah. I assume you're going to probably have some kind of fun magic items in this. Uh, and yeah. I... I'm thinking of the fates and I love, I love Greek mythology um, and like scissors and stuff. I don't know. What kind of fun magic items do you have in this? <laughs> yeah. So we are, we, again, we're so lucky. So we are working one of our contract writers, uh, JB little, who's at drop the die on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been working. Uh, we've hired him for a long time to make magic items for our Patreon. Um, so we've actually weirdly been developing magic items for years so we are taking like the best of those items you know giving them a glow up uh and going to be incorporating some of those in the book along with developing out some really cool themes um one of the coolest ones we recently did is a uh, a shield that's of woven thread Mm -hmm. uh, that you can choose to like you know pull apart and use in a bunch of different ways um and of course yeah we have some some powerful scissors and um (laughs) one of my personal favorite uh i totally made when our venture maidens one episode went into the feywild they had to like do a a, basically a fetch quest um they i did at this giant random encounter table and one of the things they they encountered you know this lake and this woman stood up out of the water and threw a sword at them and it was like oh yes you're my champion now (laughs) so it's a total ripoff of excalibur and the (laughs) fey knew that too she's like wow I heard the story and this would be so cool. So she made her own like fairy version of Excalibur that of course has all of the, you know, the drawbacks of a fairy made this. Uh, So it's a lot of like, Chaos inducing items uh, like that are going to appear in this book. Double bladed sword where you're like, 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 this is oh, really no. good, but at the same time, the more I use it, I'm going to turn purple. Yeah, at the or same time, of... I'm cursed. I can't pick up or look at another weapon. Yeah, or Faye yeah. will get so jealous that, you know. <laughs> I love it. My strength will be slashed in half. And I you're like, it. ah, 
So uh, there are definitely a sprinkling of super fun items. So uh, yeah, people are in really good hands, uh, I think, with JB's work on yeah. those items. That's really right. How many, uh, so we talked about artists, and but how many writers do you have? Or is this, I mean, I'm assuming primarily you, but like, do you have other people working on what? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I am going to be doing a lot of the writing for this book, along with Ryan Service, uh, who is the other full-time game designer for 2C Gaming. So we're going to be doing a lot of hours on this book. But we have an awesome contract team. So like JB, like I mentioned, um, we have Willie Abiel, uh, who's at the Willie Boo on Twitter, uh, who is just a fantastic DMs Guild author and uh, recently was in Arcadia. Uh, he did the mm -hmm. Mount Up rules. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I've always loved Willie's work, and I was so thrilled that uh, when I asked him, he was on my dream list. I got everybody on my dream list. Oh, nice uh, for this project. Oh my, I, my invite must have been lost or something, but that's fine. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what Jordan, you design? <laughs> uh, and then we had we have Cat Kruger. Oh yeah, contract writing for this project. Yeah, and Cat Kruger runs an awesome actual play, uh, mm -hmm. family friendly show mm -hmm. called D20 Dames uh, and D20 Dames and Venture Maidens have had the privilege of working together for like podcasting events and you know we've all met each other in real life and you know we're, we're all good friends so I was so thrilled that she's going to be coming on board to write for this yeah. project as well um, so that's our three our, our three contracts so JB, Willie and Kat uh, and then myself and Ryan we're, we're the Just... power housing <laughs> of this book um, are you going to have an adventure in it like yeah, okay. so uh, included, uh, we have, so something we do for a normal Patreon, we come out with um, uh, biannual zines. They're like fan zines that have, you know, articles and art and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be expanding this for the Patreon to make an adventure zine series that also accompanies those. So people who do have our Patreon zines will be able to pick up this adventure zine and like put them all together on a shelf and they're gonna look great. Um, or anyone else can pick up these adventure zines and it's gonna be easy adventures set in the world. And one of our stretch goals is <laughs> that if we do, we're, we're gonna have one of these included with the project, but if we hit that stretch goal, we're gonna expand that in a level one to 20 adventure oh, okay. that you can play through a whole campaign uh inspired and set in this world so and will that be that will be in the goal. book or will that be an extra thing so it's an extra thing okay so yeah, what's yeah. nice about these is like they're little zines you know that you can yeah. have at the table so it'll be super easy to carry around nice. and like really accessible when you're running a game from them instead of hauling this heavy book yeah because <laughs> i only need like levels one to two right now this is the adventure right, exactly we're doing okay exactly so Very they're cool. going to be broken up into the tier sections like modules so back can... in the day yeah like, exactly that makes more sense yeah okay a lot of what i do in design is definitely inspired by back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> well i think it's an awesome idea that you're including enough that even players would want this book and it's not yeah. just a dungeon master game master book it's there's enough there that we can pick up subclasses and you're talking about magic items and so all this other stuff and just kind of the cool story behind the whole world. And we don't have to be the dungeon masters is the only one. Because sometimes I think Wizards of the Coast misses that mark where it's too dungeon master heavy yeah. and then not everybody gets Candle Keep is a little bit that way where that's a great dungeon master resource, but players aren't typically gonna want to pick up Candle Keep. So I think exactly. you've made this awesome you know, decision to add in enough that anybody wants this book and anybody could yeah. get this book and it'll be useful. 
you know, for them to play and ask their DM, hey, I've got this cool subclass. Can I play it in our next campaign or can I play it while we're playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage? But if this is a really cool subclass. Can I try it out? And that's that's going to be awesome for them, I think, too. Yeah. I mean, one of the huge things with this book, because, you know, we have we have now at this point uh, almost two million downloads on our show. Um, so we have thousands and thousands of listeners <laughs> all over the planet. So our audience for this book and we wanted to market this book to people who have never listened to Venture Maidens as well as all of those thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> so we have a very wide audience uh, that we are making this book for. So it's always been important to me at every stage that we keep in mind that we're writing for a lot of different kinds of people. Because also we have fans who don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm -hmm but love listening to the show. So I want this book to be a love letter to them, you know, full of stories and rich narratives and mm -hmm. things that maybe would even make it really easy for them to start DMing if they wanted mm -hmm. to, something inspirational, um, but also something that looks great and feels like, you know, a monument to the show they enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then of course we have a ton of DMs who I think would love to set adventures or, you know, use pieces of this in their world. So this book has to be a love letter to them as well. Mm -hmm. And then of course we have players and groups who are going to bring this book to their DM and be like, hey, can I play this? And I want that DM to say, yes, that is perfectly balanced, not broken, yeah. and you can totally play it <laughs> at my game. So, you know, this book is a love letter to them as well. Uh, so it's it's a lot of design scoping and work and crafting has gone in to make this book valuable for anyone who picks it up. I can't wait to see it on my shelf back here. It's be great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the, you know, we always ask in all of our interviews we do with people, the origin story I think is always important of how did Celeste, how did young, little, impressionable Celeste become a dungeon master at some point? Because there's so many of us, like you just mentioned, that we maybe we haven't played yet, maybe we haven't taken the plunge, maybe we don't have the friends yet that have asked us to play, but we were the catalyst or uh, uh, a family member showed us or we just watched a show and said oh my god i didn't know i could do this how did celeste start this whole thing of running games yeah so it all started uh, a very long time ago <laughs> when i was seven um so when i was seven uh my dad actually you know he moved out and left and he had a bunch of like stuff that was just left behind in the garage and my mom was like like oh my god i'm gonna throw everything away like get this man out of my life um go through his stuff you know whatever kids uh so my sister and i you know went through his boxes of stuff and in one of these boxes i found like a red box uh, and a bunch of notes yes. from a campaign. You know, I, I still remember like looking at, you know, some of his like, he loved playing Rangers. Um, so like looking at his notes, looking at his hexagonal maps, you know, that he had drawn out and everything. And I was like, what is this? This is so cool. Like looking at these monsters, like I, there was a fiend folio in there that I still have. Fiend folio. Um, yeah. And, you know, just going through and I was like, this is the coolest thing. Like, this is a game. Oh my God, what? People can play this? So I read those books obsessively and it I was a pretty painfully shy kid. So it was still a few more years until I like actually coerced some of my friends into playing this game. Mm -hmm. So I was running AD&D with the red box, teaching my friends how to play because I wanted to play so bad. And of course, that didn't go very well. Um, yep. <laughs> so a couple of years later, um, you know, I was doing casual campaigns, 3.5. I, I became aware that that was a thing. I started seeing those at like, you know, Barnes and Nobles, like, <laughs> all the books. And I was mm -hmm. like, what? Oh my God, people are playing like 
there's more versions of this. <laughs> so I started, you know, running three, five really intensely in high school. I had a group, uh, I played, <laughs> I had a group that was eight ladies from my theater department, uh, my high school theater department. And we played like every Sunday for like, you know, five, six hours, only the way you can when you're not an, yeah. adult, an yeah. adult without a job <laughs> or responsibilities. So I ran that campaign for, for all women eight for like four years. Um, so that was my my first, I guess, my first adventure maidens. <laughs> and then of course I went I went to school and like 4E came out and I played that for you know three months and then went back to 3-5 three, five and five. then ran lots of like super long <laughs> campaigns in that. And when our 3-5 campaign came to an end, that was like just when 5E was coming out and a bunch of my friends like all kind of, you know, we all started to move apart. We started to get jobs, you know, all over the place. And I was like, man, like, I love playing with this group. I don't want to let them go. Uh, and like, I think the adventure zone had like just come out around then. And I was like, oh man, people are playing D and D online. Mm -hmm. Like we mm -hmm. could do that. So I started, I learned the rules for fifth edition to start the venture maidens podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so this podcast has been around as long as fifth edition yeah. has. Um, <laughs> So, and that was like, you know, and we, we dove into that and over the course of like, you know, I was running that and I was doing, you know, like my sales marketing day job and just hating that, just hating that. The only thing that made me happy, the only thing that's ever made me happy throughout <laughs> my whole life has been Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing <laughs> games. And I was like, you know what? I got to do that. I got to do that. So a year and a half ago, I quit my job. Uh, I went full-time freelance for D&D. And um, yeah, as of a couple of months now, I'm now a full-time uh, game designer for That's TV awesome. Gaming. That's and I'm amazing. making this book. So that is the history. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that it's a red box. And I think you have the same origin story of so many of us that we had a red box. We tried to play it. We definitely didn't play it the way they told no, us to play it, no. but we played it. We played and, it. <laughs> yeah. And then we liked it enough that we stuck with it, even though we didn't probably play it the way it was supposed to be yeah, played, but who cares? We loved it so much. It was great. <laughs> it's so yeah, funny to think yeah. back f five, six years ago that it was like a novelty to stream an RPG yes. or like have a podcast. Um, oh, but you're absolutely right. That. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody, nobody did it. And uh, I remember I really enjoyed the uh, acquisitions incorporated games. Yeah. And like, I would just, when are they going to make another one? But they were making like, you know, two a year because it was only at things. And then I started discovering, oh, there's other people that do podcasts. Oh, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it was so funny that there was a huge void. And now uh, there are so it's many. Everywhere. And and, and uh, listeners have huge options to listen to a bunch of different stuff. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I love it. It's fun. And it's like, in mainstream media, too, because even yeah. I remember when they started doing just a couple of episodes on Community and they even mentioned the word Dungeons and Dragons are playing. And, and I'm like, like, what is going on? <laughs> this is my stuff right here. And it was like, it's coming back, you know, and then it just starts making its way back in, which is great. So our, th this might be a controversial question. Uh, <gasps> so you obviously 3.5 is in your heart and that's where you yeah. really, but has 5E finally lived up to a successor of 3.5? Is it been better than 3.5 or are you still 3.5 is the, is the stuff? I will say 
I never I never want to run a game of three five again. Oh. Um, <laughs> I went back and did run some games and I was like, yeah. oh sweet God. Um yeah. the nostalgia so- <laughs> is great on it, but five E is so 5e is so much easier to wrap Mm. your head around and like one of the the biggest things you know i i stand for and try to do in my design is like while i do love the the old stuff the classic stuff i mean that's Mm -hmm. what i grew up on consuming you know classic fantasy films like i i love like you know what fight me i love barbarella like whatever Mm -hmm. that's what it is (laughs) and you know reading all of this stuff and like conan and you know these old comics and like i i do completely understand that my peers around me who especially are just getting into fantasy now are like really turned off by some of the elements of that that classic world so what i strive to do is incorporate those elements and my love for it in what i'm designing now to make products that are awesome and speak to that that other generation um Mm -hmm. that is now present in the game and is attractive and you know approachable by new people so that's Mm -hmm. like something i always aim to do in my work and venture maidens has been that for a lot of people like i've had so many women you know say like hey i started playing because i realized like i could play with a group of my you know my gal pals we could get together and learn this game because i've never felt safe doing Mm -hmm. it um in other environments so we've opened that door for so many people and like this book, you know, is all about that. And like, you know, here we are, like, listen to us, here we are, we are in this space. Uh, so I hope that even if people, you know, aren't interested in buying the book, they might go and like back and, you know, we have like a $5 just because you believe in it level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so people at least can be like, hey, like, yes, let's open the door uh, for new voices. So it's very cool. Yeah. What is, uh, uh, what is next for season two? Is it the same cast? What's going on there? Yeah, so it is going to be the the same cast. Um, our longtime cast member, Brittany, will unfortunately not be joining us for campaign two because her tattoo career is like bouncing off. And, you know, this is uh, so she's going to be leaving us, but we will keep our, our three core cast members um, on board. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited to have this book to use oh yeah right for like campaign two so like the subclasses and everything we're putting into this book the factions you know the fey those are going to be very prominent characters we're going to be seeing in campaign two so it's really cool that this book is sort of like my massive gm prep for campaign two (laughs) in a way i can see the yeah Yeah. you're like it's really going to be a great resource once i finish it so (laughs) (laughs) exactly i'm like awesome i'm so glad i'm nailing all this down uh so yeah i mean we're we're so excited and you know it's it's scary definitely like walking away from you know characters that we've been playing for five and a half years and picking up new characters um to play those but we're going to be in the same world uh and seeing you know different pieces of it or exploring pieces of it more deeply so i think we're all really excited to just see what that is gonna be Mm -hmm. like is there like a theme you're shooting for like a a little bit darker, a little bit happier, a little bit funnier, a little bit more intrigue, a little bit. What do you got yeah, going? So we're definitely we've been to almost totally on this side of the wall in civilization and dealing with the machinations going on here and the gods and the politics of this world. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to be stepping over the line and really delving into the fey politics and that ah. world and what that's like. And the, the fact that, you know, 
there are bounty hunters who make their whole living like stopping Fae who are trying to encroach and like what is what is that war going on that you know you mm-hmm. don't see in day-to-day life uh, is is really what we're going to be delving into there so it's going to get weird it's going to get fairy it's going to get fantastical so those are things I'm really excited to explore that's exciting. I'm, I'm ready to start watching now. Yeah, <laughs> You're winning me over. You probably, I don't know. I, 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 Do you have a page count of the book? Like the way you're talking, I'm like, is this a 600 page book? <laughs> no, no. So we, we are aiming, if we hit all of our stretch goals, mm-hmm. uh, so we get all of our writing asks, we are going to be delivering about a 200 page book. Which okay, is about nice. your standard um, D&D yeah. size book. And if we hit all of our art stretch goals, we will have the same amount of art as an awesome book like Tasha's, for yeah. example, which has mm-hmm. tons of art and uh, and about 200 pages. So that is the dream. So if we okay. fund all the way, that is the book we're going to be delivering. Um, if we don't quite hit those goals, we still are going to be de- delivering like a 160 page book with lots of beautiful art. Mm. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be good. That's what, but that's a Kickstarter. Like, like that's what you, book, yeah. Right? You're like, yeah. if we can do this, then we'll do it. So that's, that's the thing. That's why it's so important for folks to fund and to fund now. Yeah. Uh, Cause at this stage determines the future of the book that everyone gets to hold. Yeah. Hands. I think a lot of people don't, don't think about that. Cause uh, they talk about, you, you know, and I don't know about 2C gaming, but I'm thinking of like uh, uh, Monty Cook games and other things like that. Like they, a lot of these companies, Goodman games, they do a lot of Kickstarters. Um, and then people are like, Oh, well it'll be on their shop whenever it's finished. But the idea of the Kickstarter allows them to, to create better. a better product. And so if you if you jump on now, you're you're part of a, a, a really great bandwagon of helping yeah. people out. So exactly. So like you're just helping people out and what you're getting is gonna be so much better if you back now mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, later. Yeah. And and what a crazy project where you don't even know what's going to happen. You're trying to make plans for what you might think happened. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not let your yourself get too far ahead, but you don't want to undersell yourself too much. I mean, we've seen people who've done Kickstarters that thought they were going to get a couple of hundred thousand dollars and then they blew past five, six million dollars. Yeah. And it was cra- they didn't plan for any of that. You know, they didn't have any of that kind of stuff. And who would, you know, who knows what's going to be the really super popular thing. I'm I'm thinking this would be a breakout hit just because it has some of those things that appeal to so many different people yeah. and you're tapping into a market that I think Wizards of the Coast has kind of left dormant so much that there's going to be a lot of people that want to jump on this and love just the the fake courts. I mean, that just sounds so good to me. The subclasses, we know everybody loves subclasses, mm-hmm. so they they throw money out when Tasha's books sold like gangbusters because mm-hmm. we got so many other new subclasses to play with. So another book that has more subclasses to play with is going to be great. So we have a 007 rogue, everybody, the covert, covert ops, like it's all gadgets. Like you want to nice. get in, you want to get in nice. on this. Are you going to do artificer too? You can do an artificer. No, subclass? we can't do artificer because oh, of okay. RPL, um, license, Oh yeah. But... Got to do the SRD stuff, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So um, we can't do Artificer. I would if I could, but honestly, our <laughs> warlock is sort of a love letter to Artificer. Don't tell Will. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to make stuff literally out of the powers of creation, mm-hmm. get yeah. that warlock. Very cool. Very Was there anything about this Kickstarter that me and Jordan didn't ask you about? And you're like, boy, I've been waiting for you guys to even ask me about this so I could say this cool thing. Or did you... Do you feel like you've covered and given us this this good idea of what this book is going to be about? 
I mean, I hope I've sold you all on it. Um, <laughs> I've sold. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm all making room points. right now. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Put this up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think we've we've covered a lot of the bases. You know, there's just so much good stuff um, that's coming. And what's really exciting is that when the preview page does go live Monday or Tuesday, we do have like a lovely formatted document that shows you like 10 pages out of the book. So you'll get to see the quality um, that we're after. And you can look at, you can have the Warlock subclass um, right there. It's going to be printed. It's finished. So you can look at it. Um, about halfway into the Kickstarter, we're going to be launching that, the template, like one of the courts, that template preview. So you can get mm -hmm. a look at like, oh yes, this is something I want. Uh, we have an example of the heroic destiny. So the connected destiny. So you can take a look at those mechanics. This is all for free. So like you can go in there and just like see the level of quality we're going to be delivering you. So Monday, Tuesday, keep your eyes out. It's going to be posting on the 2C Gaming page. Um, and of course, if you follow Venture Maidens anywhere on social media, we're going to be screaming about yeah. it at the top of our lungs. Well, and I think 2C Gaming so. does the thing too, where you get you. There's usually a level where you get the book and a PDF. I assume, yeah. right? Yeah. So we have. The so book you'll be able to. We have just the PDF yeah. for folks who just you know mm -hmm. want to explore that. We have the book and the the hardcover. We have a special edition print of the hardcover, which uses like the super nice cool. paper. And just Are you signing like copies? Journey. I am going to be signing nice. copies uh, of that. So, and then of course we go up we have an awesome collector's box uh that includes like you know the special groovy uh printing of the book we have the adventure included in there our adventure zine uh we have an enamel pin which is yeah. really super cool um we have just a bunch of really cool stuff uh in that box we have a set of handcrafted dice from rpg dice nice. uh that is going to be going in there the special design for this project so Really good stuff. Uh, we hope it excites you all. That is fantastic. If uh, I mean, the, the link's going to go live Monday or Tuesday, but yeah. uh, if people are watching live right now and they want to follow you, where can they follow you at? Or yeah. Venture Maidens or any of these stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. The best place uh, to keep up with everything is to follow me on Twitter, at C. Conowich. Um, I'm going to be talking about this constantly uh, over the month <laughs> that is to come. You can also follow Venture Maidens at Venture Maidens on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, kind of everywhere. And if you want to tune in to one of our shows to see what the heck uh, this is yeah. about, we are going to be live the next two Wednesdays, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time on the Venture Maidens Twitch channel. Uh, come hang out with us. We have Absolutely. a Venture Maidens Discord that's like really active and super fun. Um, if you go to our Twitter page, you can find the link to join the Discord. Um, and you know, you can scream with all of us about <laughs> how excited we are. <laughs> There's a lot of excited screaming. Yeah. No, it's right fantastic. Now, so. um, no, I love new projects. I love uh, passion projects, I think. And so yeah. some of the best games, books, uh, short stories, things that I've written or read in the past that are just like, I just felt like I needed to make this. And that's what this feels like. Like it just, it, it had to happen, you know, and yeah. you, you seem very passionate about it and the community seems great. So I'm really excited. So, uh, thank you good. so much for being on our show. Uh, <laughs> and you. we're so happy to have you and good luck with the Kickstarter. I'm sure it's going to shatter all kinds of records and be awesome. Um, and yeah, uh, follow, we'll, we'll be retweeting this as well, but, uh, go give, uh, Celeste a follow on Twitter. So Twitter's, Twitter's the place to be sometimes. <laughs> yes. Thank you all so much for having yeah. me. This was awesome. And, um, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Thank we you. will be out of here. I assume Lucian still has a siren going on. So no, I'm oh, good now. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, but we will be back next week uh, with a, another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Thank you guys all so much for watching. Uh, like, subscribe, share, and tell your friends about the Venture Maidens. Okay, bye everybody. <laughs> Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.